Episode 285, hopefully now coming to you all in high audio fidelity. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Tactical Crouch. Yiska and I today, no special guest, but oh. hopefully next week we'll probably have, we've got some, we've got some, we're, we're cooking, okay? That's all, that's all I gotta say. We're, we're, we're cooking. Let us cook, okay? Yeah, we brought your shadow out. We're going to have a Freudian uh, interpretation of the darkest, deepest thoughts of Darth Joe. <laughs> on, on many levels, that, in some that are not even necessarily public, uh, this is this is very uh, very apt. Let's say, uh, very very interesting. Uh, ther- my my therapist may uh may may chuckle at this. May have to show her, but <laughs> I digress. Um, it's been an interesting week. Uh, I think last week we had you know the stirrings of the initial gladiators, you know, debacle, rumbling even, you know, to to throw it back to the Attack on Titan uh, era of the of the show. Um, we have had some news drop, obviously London making the not so secret move, uh, Glad's also making some interesting signings and a lot of just esports business, uh, to chat about, but there's also some, some things to be excited about this week. And probably by the time you're listening to this, hopefully some news on the, uh, the APAC front should be announced. So that'll be exciting. Just got anything. Yeah, it, I think I think like keep like maybe you killed our engagement already, but like we we pre-agreed not to go too deep into the weeds of uh, esports business because I agree. Like we're not going to change the situation with just beating a dead horse. We all know this. We we've been known yeah. this. Like I feel like I'm still in 2008, like wide-eyed, believing that this could one day be a feasible sport, and then I realized like, ah. Maybe maybe we'll just need forever uh, needs like anyone to pony up and uh, finance this, which is fair. Just we we can only do like our best, pre- present a product, and eventually, hopefully, once uh, the demographic ages with us and sticks with esports because it's the best entertainment product out there. I think to a degree, this is already true for in some uh, countries. I I think Spain is very progressive in terms of uh, streaming integration, at least. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll make it. Just just another like let's be be honest, like folks that have been through the first uh, esports winter, um, pretty much expected this. And um, so here's here's the silver lining, Joe. The best thing about working through esports winter is is that you now only working with and around people that really want to be here it's no grifters it's no like fair weather men it's all just like the passionate guys that are probably could could like be earning way more elsewhere of course like this is you're just being fed cope at this point but this is how i cope okay this is great this this is a fine cope like from the year of 2008 where i started taking this seriously and Mm -hmm. this it's it's aged okay it's it's a fine cheese listen eric if if you know to peek behind the curtain for a minute if we could even live up to like live on three like that'd be kind of hype but i don't think that that will ever happen true shout outs to the real ones quite enjoyed some some scoots and some dj wheat podcastery 
that being said, um, yeah, business-wise, things are a little rough. We, we've been known that. Um, and, yeah, like, there there is a bright future, I think, for esports, but there does... And I think a lot of, like, even, even like, our, our seniors in the space have been talking about this for ages, and it seems only obvious that there's been, there, there's been needing, there's, that's not, that's not even a sentence, like, um, there's, there's been a need to consolidate. The spending has been just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, this, this seems like a long time coming. Makes a lot of sense why it's happening now. Uh, it doesn't make it easier to see people exit the space or, you know, people lose their jobs. It's never, never what you want to see, especially in the fashion that it happened to, you know, the folks at the guards who, you know, send nothing but my, my fondest respects to. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it sucks. It, it makes sense why it's happening. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons why even outside of just copium huffing, um, why that there, there is some, some seeds to left to be sown, right? Um, that said, yep, there is some Overwatch news happening. Um, that is exciting to kind of dive into and talk about, and uh, possibly leak our scrim, our own scrim results. Because I don't know about you guys, um, but Yiska and I are actually trying out for the Overwatch e Olympics. Okay, so. <laughs> Those who are funding our professional scrim result, uh, or our, our professional scrimmaging, uh, are are you guys, the, the patron producers? Uh, am I joking? I don't know. I'm, you're going to have to find out. Uh, so, thank you so much to Avril Vista, Baby, Battlecrab, Refined Beam, Bronze Bob, Buhau, Picasso, Chris, R34444, Crosser67, Lulshin, Porkchalk, Sammy, Rexane, and our YouTube members, IMDRW, Brother, Adam L, Soggy Vumi, Isam Jello, Violet6, AK, Chris R. Thank you so much for supporting. Uh, what's our team name, Yiska? Um. Huh. I, I don't know. They, they, You're terrible at improv. Yeah. Why that, couldn't we they, just been like race car noises? That's our team name. Right. I race? decided. Okay. Race car noises. Like. Why? What, but like asterisked. Yes. Like why, noises. Can't you do improv at after twelve hours and at midnight? I feel like that would be the best time to do improv. Right, but like I still have to Go keep filter. my filters up in order to be able. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where you're wrong. I feel like most people in this community would all agree that Yeska is at peak humor when the filters are down and he actually just embraces his inner zoomer that he locks away like the shadow that is, is positioned above me that has now stepped into the room. You have to embrace your inner shadow, which I think just looks like a zoomer. Hustle. Yeah. Now I've long thought this is uh, an immature soul kept in an increasingly old body that keeps aching and just yeah. yeah. You can't fight it. There's there's something in you that just wants to press the funny button that has Cardi B say some funny things. <laughs> She's just hilarious, for no reason. <laughs> I I think about it, but the problem is like when I hit it, a is part of a song. So even if we could make it on the vault, we'd get copy striked. And B. It, 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 I don't have the technology. You would only be able to hear it, and then it would True. only be ha half as funny. You you just have to be there. We there yeah. there there are ways that that could happen, but there are, it just doesn't make feasible sense. So, in gladiators news, wait, we had we had some gladiators puns lined up. Oh. I can't remember where they are. Where's your improv? Where's your improv, Joe? 
It was okay. I'm Con, gonna be the semantics, Con, Andy. Can't fi fi like figure out like uh, to even remember the jokes that someone else wrote for them, but it demands <laughs> improv of me after like 24 hour shift at the fucking coal mines. Like, come on. Anyways, um, Glad signed Ty and sort of surprising news. I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting immediately after like the Yaki signing, you know, to fill out the DPS stable among, you know, the, you know, wider controversy, I suppose is probably safe to say. Um, I feel like Kai is a, is a pretty exciting addition to this team. Um, one that should, or at least expectationally, uh, shove them in the top theater in NA. No, it's, Super competitive. I actually have a. True. I actually have a um. An interview with Junkbuck coming out, and we were like going back and forth on their ability to be top five. It's it's interesting, and that sounds preposterous with this roster, by the way. Um, but the, the NA. Are you saying for Glads or for Houston? Just to be for clear. Glads, yeah, we like we were. Okay. I asked him like, "What is? What do you think is your top competition?" And he went like, ah, "I think." And then it went like, "Oh no, no, I can't say one team. I think the top three. I think the top five will be." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and then even then, like, we couldn't really hone in on five because, like, realistically, like, you have Atlanta, you have. Uh, you know, Houston, you have uh, Shock, you Shock. have Boston, you have Toronto, you you know, Bay Mayhem as an outside shot. Uh, interestingly, I, I think like what Junkbug is, was high on is like the ability of Dante to uh, perform. But we, we'll, we'll see. Okay. Like once again, like that interview is coming out on Friday. Um, so it's coming out before you watch this. Um, but uh, yeah, this... Sorry, it's coming out after you watch this, after. probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it's it's increasingly hard. Like it's it's a sick roster, but there are some question marks uh, around Dante. For me, um, I think I'm probably underrating Lastro. It's not a bad roster for sure, but no, not at all. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's not a bad roster, and I think that's difficult to kind of decouple from. Like that, that initial like knee jerk reaction when we kind of throw a lot of you know critique towards the twenty twenty three gladiators, right? Like they kind of live in a shadow of a team that was probably the closest they've been to like championship contending, right? Um, to win, you know, the first stage, go into the mid season, perform extremely well. Obviously hit a slump with, you know, Junker Queen and then kind of sort of end the season on a flat note. Obviously isn't ideal, um, but for a team that kind of has been gatekept from like stage finals or even participating in like some of the stage playoffs in seasons prior. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that the 2022 Gladiators were the closest, you know, that they've, the team has gotten right. Um and if we're going to call a spade a spade and we're going to just be real for a second, this is just a downgrade. It just is. Um, and that's no shade to any of these players. I think 
much, you know, to echo your point around Dante, I too was like very surprised with his performance in the playoffs. I thought he like really rose to the occasion as Winston looked more than capable. Um, if you told me that that was like an emergency sub, if you like, again, the, the thought experiment of like stripping away the nameplates, removing the bias and just looking at strictly the gameplay, I thought they actually had like that. If if you would have told me that that was the situation that they were under where they didn't have a main tank or they, you know, chose not to play what the main tank that they signed on, a, you know, whatever contract um, I would have been, that would have been kind of surprising. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not crazy to me, it, you know, in the future. If you tell me that Dante looked good in 2023, right? That's not wild to me. Um, but then you start to look at the supports and it's like, okay, how can you really improve, you know, funny Astro skewed and shoe? You can't. It, I'm sorry. That's just next to impossible. You're not going to improve that. So it's, you know, the, the replacements that they've gotten kind of live in that shadow, right? Kester is a fantastic talent. He is one of the only hyperflexes that you can like bold face say can do it all, right? Um, he is paired with a stable that should complement him extremely, extremely well on paper. But like I've been saying for, I don't know how many shows, probably since the start of the 2022 season, um, Yaki is not necessarily my favorite player ever. Um, that's not to say that he's bad. It's more to the note that he seems to want to dictate a very particular style and a very particular tempo. That isn't always, you know, um, fit within a team dynamic or a team system, let's say. Um, and I and I really would love to see a team built around him as like the initial like signing. You have Yaki, you have the coaching staff, and then you build a team that kind of fits around, you know, the kind of talent that Yaki is. Now, I say this wholeheartedly not having seen any of these like reported leaked scrims. I probably will watch them in the future. Will I comment on them? I don't know. Um, that said, that's just kind of my synopsis of this roster where it's like, it's not, again, like you're saying, it's not bad. Nothing, nothing about this team is necessarily bad, but does it necessarily contend with the Shocks, the Atlantas, you know, the Dallas? It doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to me. It, it, I just don't necessarily see how this team consistently competes. They check all the boxes how it all kind of comes together, how the styles necessarily mesh. You know, is the back line going to be suspect at that, you know, level of refinement? Again, not that it's bad, but is it world-class? Is it championship contending? That kind of remains to be seen for me at least. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Um, yeah, I think like, yeah, I'm probably underrating Lastro. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what if Funny Astro that plays everything looks like. I think th that's that's an right. That's a big question mark. Pretty much like the mechanism that we think about when we thought about fearless and whatnot. I think like sure. realistically, here's here's how I would coin it: the Smurf mechanism. Mm. Okay. Okay. Because Smurf was. Always on the team with Super. And then Correct. everything was sort of like they had to share a cha champion pool. So we never really, like, he never really had to show anything else. But then once Smurf was, you know, on its, his own team, the only tank, mm -hmm. 
he showed like a wide range of uh, heroes that he could play, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that is is a mechanism that will be interesting to see also for Astro. I'm excited for that in in that team. I also think I'm I'm excited for the coaching opportunities here. I think the the um, like that team feels more coachable and more receptive towards the style of coaching that gladiators have here. Mm-hmm. I is it crazy to say that I like this DPS line more than last year's? Um no, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think there is a lot of like hesitation. I think that there's some hesitation this year within at least for me um within regards to Yaki, but like a Kai Kevster core for the like majority of a stage feels to me like a very very safe and comfortable bet and probably the again probably the most consistent you're probably going to see gladiators perform the entire year is if you can lock in kai kevster you put them on comfortable heroes that's going to net you the bread and butter for this team and i wouldn't be surprised if that's not the lion like that's not the duo that sees the lion's share of the playtime throughout the entire season i i again that's no shame towards yaki's talent but again when you look at his gameplay you look at like especially even last year look at how what what really sticks out to me in particular was nyxl zarya's composition especially at the start of the season and when zarya kind of became like the meta within na it was it was they they were the they were the all-star pass Michael Jordan the ball, get out of his way team before Dallas even kind of like stepped into that, right? Before Dallas was passing the ball to Edison on Reaper, double bubbling him and kind of forcing away these positions. You look at specifically some of uh, NYXL's early season games last year. It was Yaki on uh, Circuit Royal playing Echo, getting two bubbles and just making all the space. Like he is that star player who will just do it himself if he isn't already like respecting the system, if he isn't necessarily like a part of the team just yet. And it seemed that way at the start of the season for the NYXL. I can see that necessarily actually after writing that piece about Yaki that you so, you know, graciously kind of voice acted. um, I think you can kind of like trace that throughout his entire career where even going back to MVP space, this kid is just like trying to make plays. He is the hero. He wants to be, you know, the protagonist of his own anime. And that just isn't always the case. That isn't always the right decision. That isn't always, you know, what maybe the team needs him to do. So yes, he can check all the boxes. Yes, he can play most characters under the sun. But is, you know, do you want a flanking or hyper-aggressive echo all the time? Is that something that your team can kind of be molded around? That is kind of the big question mark for me when it comes to this team. I have no suspicion around Kai. I think he's a known quantity. If anything, I thought he was a little bit stagnant in terms of just like the way that he would position odd Atlanta. Whereas like, I think that, you know, Sparker obviously returning to the London Spitfire, but we'll get into him. Um, I thought that they had better necessarily macro on push. I thought that was something that we kind of picked up on pretty early um, with that, that kind of head to head matchup where Kai necessarily didn't have the, the, the same amount of support. So I'm kind of looking forward to like that growth from it. But he he didn't seem super mobile or super agile with his uh, positioning, so I, I, that's probably the only crit- 
criticism I can really levy against him. I think his like mid to long range hit scans are all fantastic. I think he is going to be a great compliment to Kevster. It's just what kind of meta gambles are you necessarily rolling this season and how many of them call for Yaki? How does this coaching staff integrate him? That's that's the big billion dollar question for the gladiators if they can maintain the same expectations as they did last year, at least for me. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's it's going to be interesting. I think there's this very real chance that they're going to be booked in top five. Um, okay, l- l- let's let's not let's not get too crazy. Like when you say top five, you mean fifth, right? In... I I can't in good faith try to put them above that. So, it could so let's be a size third, I think. Sure. Like, given the utmost meta gamble, you roll snake eyes for this team and they pog off and play out of their gourd. I can, I can see as high as third, but like, in actuality, do you think that that's going to consistently happen? Like, in the, in, you know, do, do a Doctor Strange for me. Do you think that that's like the, the multitude of multiverses? Top three, no. Uh, top five, yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's a fourth and a fifth. Like fourth even still is a little aggressive. And that's now maybe Eric and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's even disregarding the opportunity for strength of schedule, no? I mean we we don't know the strength of the schedule yet, is what That's what I'm saying, right? Like if like this 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 conversation gets a lot more interesting when we get the strength of schedule, right? So even before we get to how difficult their schedule might be in an already kind of highly competitive region. Here's, it feels, here's it feels my nice plan for strength of schedule, by the way, Joe. Okay. You don't tell anyone what you're doing. You just <laughs> like keep the schedule close to the chest. You run the pro M and then you use yeah. that to, uh, inform your ELO system and create uh, the strength of schedule based on that. But you'd not... I... But, <laughs> like, even... Because in the, in any other case where you don't tell people that, they yes. then start gaming the system by being way worse, you know, like, than they need to be or whatnot. Maybe, maybe sure. I already let the genie on the bottle. No, I think, like, realistically, we need to see the schedule before the Pro AM is over, but... Um, yeah, this, this could be interesting. It is weird. And it does sound like in the mid season, I do think that this is confirmed, um, from, I believe the uh, original community countdown breakdown from Sean Miller on plat chat that they are going to refer to the mid season standings for the summer schedule. Uh, Eric is, is sure. that correct? Am yes. I? Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I, I that, yeah. that is, that is public. That is out there. Um, so that's not necessarily unheard of for them to like want to do that. And I do think that's probably the best way with, you know, the cards that they've been given them being the Overwatch League front office to kind of handle this. If you want to like try to eliminate strength of schedule as much as possible, because let's face it, what was it? 2021, 2020, like that era um, strength of schedule was pretty abysmal, right? Like there were just some teams that just got to play, you know, Boston and, and Vancouver like twice. And it was just, you know, you had two free extra wins. Right. And that's, not ideal for anybody. Um, but when it comes to North America, um, 
a lot of teams are kind of under the button and i don't know that gladiators are just an insta lock when it comes to like the upper echelon that 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 you know we we talk about how the league is kind of stratified it was the good teams the middle of the pack and the low teams and maybe you have like a gatekeeper tier in there i think the gladiators are closer to being gatekeepers than gatekeepers this year than last year right last year again very dom not dominant well sort of dominant um very very good lots of results lots of like reasons to be excited about that team a lot of those pieces kind of falling away some replacements come in that are again com- you know competitive but comparable hard hard to agree with i think to circle back to the initial point that you made around the dps i do think that's probably the only area that i would say that they did upgrade um, I don't think that you can necessarily say that Dante for Reiner is like even like a fair trade, especially with Dante being, you know, this is his first season as much as, you know, you don't want to glow about his playoffs performance last year. You don't need to compare them as players. You just need to compare the tank line to the tank line. And then it, it's yeah. very clear that Dante alone can't be better than uh, Space and Reiner, right? And that would be the ideal situation, right? Like the ideal is that, you know, the guard doesn't implode and the Cronkies don't want to just completely, you know, rethink their esports strategy and fire all these people who, again, I, I send nothing but my condolences and, you know, best wishes to. Um, the ideal situation would be to see the Gladiators add another tank here to kind of sure up this roster like we're seeing with the Atlantas, um, with the Shocks, obviously, recently with uh, with Genben. Um, but I, I the, the chances of that happening at this point are like negative. No, like that that just can't happen. Yeah, I know I'm also not too concerned. I mean, I'm not concerned either, but if I want like it, I guess it depends on your end goal, right? If the end goal for this team is to win a championship, I'm sorry, that's just not like that's very slim chances, right? If if you gunned ahead, you asked me if that's in their cards. No, I don't think that that's right. It's tough. That's that's a hard one to. You need a very good meta for that. Yeah, you would you would need the best meta, right? You would need basically Doomfist for the playoffs, and you know, God knows what Afara maybe. Um, it's it's tough, but I do think the DPS trio here is incredibly talented. If they can solve Pandora's box and integrate Yaki in and not have him just be not if 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 he can kind of step back and let maybe a Kevster or maybe Kevster and Kai can kind of be that secondary, you know, threat to Yaki's like hyper aggression, like protagonist style, then maybe. Um, but I also think that that's also a you know, a tough thing to wanna do perpetually, right? Where it's like I I have to just play supportive because you know that's just what my teammate demands of me, or at least it feels like it is demanding of me. Um, it's tough. Um, that's not to say again, not to say the gladiators are bad. They have upgrade in some areas, but is it the same team? Kind of can't be, right? No. That said, we did mention that London has a re-signed Sparker. So we are getting a little bit closer to London 2.0. Um, obviously, you know, I think it was Hottie who uh, wrote some welcome to, uh, who wrote the, the lovely welcome message with two names hilariously emojied away. Um, 
shocking nobody. London is not necessarily done with their team just yet. Um, I think there are some reports out there about who that might be. We will not comment. Well, I won't comment on them. Maybe Isco wants to, but um, I think so far so good for London, right? I think they've gotten back a lot of their pieces that you'd want to keep, right? I think, if funnily enough, um, the one piece that I was kind of skeptical of them keeping has remained with Backbone. Um, anything here? Any any thoughts with you know London coming into 2023? If they land sixth or seventh this year, that's arguably um, an even bigger achievement than last year. Okay, is there is that more to the competitiveness of NA, or is that hinting at any kind Both. of like it's the competitiveness okay. of the of the league? And it's also the struggle of running it back like that. Um, it's down to um, probably having to find a meta composition that works for them consistently. Uh, okay. It's, Hopefully it's that doesn't revolve around Sombra. It's down to not having the surprise factor of being unrated, underrated anymore. Um, this is a harder year for them. Do you think... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be controversial here maybe potentially controversial i don't know um do you believe and i'm take take this verbatim do you believe that the league itself will stop itself from underrating the london spitfire does that make sense if mm. i'm a lip if i'm you know um junbin if i'm proper if i'm uh, hit me with another one uh fearless do I look at, you know, Hottie sitting across from me and not necessarily kind of have a bias there where it's, you know, oh, it's just London. Like, nah, I think cares. if anything, fans still have more of a bias against this team than the players. Everyone, okay. especially coaches, have a lot of goodwill for this team and a lot of appreci appreciation what they, they achieved. Um, okay. I think practically everyone I talk to it's not like a team that they have in the, on the forefront of their mind that they're like scared shitless of. Sure. But there's a lot of respect for what this team has been able to accomplish, the fundamentals gotcha. of this team, um, and also their development. And uh, yeah, I think that's it's just a well-led dog, right? Like in that no, one hundred percent. And that's kind of like the the impetus to a lot of like the bounce back, at least from my camp, is like seeing the success. Um, historically of these little these little experiments or these little like hyper stylistic things where in some you know definitions of the word I think you can look at London last year as a hyper stylized team not just because they played a little bit more Rhine than the rest of the league guys no this isn't the Rhine team anymore um, even though I think they do have the capability to leverage a style against uh, an esport ecosystem i think as a whole that is a little still is a little gun shy at doing what is best for them right um one example or the way that i always kind of explain it to some people is like carpenters and bakers right it's very clear that london and christopher and nuki both know and commander x everybody at the in that at that team knows that they this is a team of bakers so they don't try to compete in carpentry competitions right they compete in baking competitions they bake cakes they bake bread they don't need to worry about competing in, in outside realms. They're going to do what they, you know, you're they're going to play to their strengths. I know. I know I am. Um, 
So and I think in some ways that is a style. I think that is a well-led team. I think it's a very mature team to admit like, hey, obviously they've they've spoken on this rope and interviews with you about, you know, setting expectations and, and kind of accepting that, you know, we're not necessarily going to be the best team, but you can do a lot with what you have. And these aren't bad players, right? We've, I think we've corrected the record. Not we, but I think Hottie's corrected the record on who he is as a player. I think that backline is a lot more respectable than I think people give it credit for. Um, and Sparkern is, you know, I think we have to kind of uh, admit that this is this is a a top-tier hit scan, right? I, I, I think that it's not too crazy to say that the difference between Sparker and Kai is not necessarily super different. No, it feels almost kind of lateral, right? Yeah, I think Pekai I have more confidence in, but um Sure. Let's be honest, last season wasn't also was also not Pekai. So nope. we'll see what we get this year. Right. And and that's kind of where London sits right at least right now. Obviously, it's it's very public. They're still not done, you know, announcing their entire roster. I think that that should be a sign of confidence for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always done a great job at scouting new talent. Um, and from the the, the early winds of change, uh, it doesn't sound like they've uh, gone back on that. Thank so. you for that earworm. <laughs> <laughs> Rent free. Rent condo. free. We got condos, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll see with London. I think they can run it back. I think. I think it is going to take some time to beat into the public that this is a team to be respected and that NA just isn't full of bi-week teams. We have some bi-week teams. We'll have to wait and see what the Valiant look like. Yep. Um, I know that you're a little bit more down on Vancouver than I am, but, you know. Okay, let me, let me throw that team. at you. Do you okay, not a bi-week team. Okay, you knew, you knew the question. You, knew, you understood the assignment. All right. Not a bi-week so in, in speculative news, I suppose, after a pretty heartfelt twit longer, um, Soul Infernal, former Philly Fusion GM Roston, uh, did announce that the Infernal are going to be announcing players this week. And the way that it was worded, uh, it does sound like it is going to be kind of staggered out, you know, piece by piece. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, maybe some of the players have been announced already. But as of recording this, all we know is that the old DPS duo of MN3 and Zest are the core. Is there anything we can parse out from that? Is there anything there that we're excited about? I mean, expected. And yes, I agree. Like, uh, this is... This is a big reason to believe that <clears throat> Philly will definitely have something to say about being one of the best teams in a- APAC, right? Currently, there's probably okay. two teams that you got to look at at this point that um, are fighting for the top spots. And then it's it's Philly after that, I think. And then, of, of course, you got to... You gotta still, you can't count profit out, right? Like in terms of uh, yep. Soul Eternal, uh, Soul Dynasty, my bad. Um, 
this is not going <laughs> to be confusing at all. But then again, no. my brain managed it with LA, so uh, shape up brain. It's just like, going to be a shift. It's going to be a shift. To be fair, one one uh, team of that has been largely irrelevant and erased from my brain for the longest time. So True. Um, still probably will be. Um, right. Bottom line. Uh, also, what a great Schweizlander. This is you know. Like, I think. I think he hit the nail on the head in the first line where he's like, no, this isn't a twit longer. This is twit longest. Yeah, 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 and sure. he meant it. That's that was a lot of I, I'm not even going to I'm not going to lie. There is no fraudulence here. Didn't read the entire thing. Skimmed most of it. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, not too much. Not that big of a Philly fan. Yeah, uh, but it was it was nice to see it, you know, a proper send off for some of those players. So it's cool for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of scared that it would uh, be paired with uh, Rosten's retirement because they yeah, same, yeah. tend to do. Uh, also mm -hmm. because uh, Rosten, like there was a Reddit thread, like took down uh, branding, blah, 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 from probably just to, you know, in the transition to the new brand. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm looking forward to what kind of uh, talent they're still cooking up, what what the team will be. It will would be kind of a a shame if that DPS two was wasted on mediocre <laughs> teammates. I think to a degree I already felt that last year. Um, they were very clearly the best players on their team. You didn't like Match Fixer? Come on, <laughs> come on, Jeff. You didn't like Jeff? Shout out to Aim God. I feel like they probably contributed a lot out of, outside of game, but yeah, like. Once again, this is an expression of the quality that that DPS two has in comparison to the rest of the team, and sure. they just were like two standard deviations away from uh, those top performers. And I would even say Zest was probably clearly better than Emma three as well. So, um, just an aggregate over the entire season ability to yeah that that was perform. my yeah because you, you said the c word consistently. Yeah, like I feel like Zest is really like an outstanding talent that sort of came out of nowhere and is sort of like, look, you can be skeptical about getting rid of EKO as a as a very important factor, but if you're then feeling Zest, that makes most of the pain go away. I think Zest is all around yeah. probably just a better EKO. Um, and his ability, to, especially early in the season, to hard carry and go... Like, like it, this is some of his performances were Yaki esque consistently, oh, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. just like forcing yourself onto the other team uh, on Genji and just making, taking ridiculous one on ones and whatnot and deciding it because he also had to. So, I'm, I'm excited. Whatever team has MN3 and Zest it has me excited. Um, also, just because they play pretty attractive Overwatch. But, yeah, I gotta see what else they have in store. I also, I think it has been pretty quiet around them. What kind of other uh, players they're picking up? Um, sure. And it should be interesting to see what what kind of else, what other team building uh, has been happening there. There, there are some heavy hitters still out there. Uh, I don't think they necessarily like someone like Top Dragon, for instance. That seems more like a soulbound. Play yeah. for the other side. I'm not sure. No, no leaks. That's just once again. I'm not that connected in APEC. That's just a good player that makes sense because of the Genji connection. Um, 
So we, we'll see. Like that, it, it's. I'm mostly concerned for quality main tank play, um, and we got to figure that that out. I personally would have loved for them to get someone like Helen in. Um, yes, I feel like that's that's a weird. Is it is it, kind of exemplifies how one bad rookie season just like ruins a lot of opportunities when it shouldn't. Um, yeah, I think, especially knowing the situation, like it's yeah. it, it, it's not probably a solid representation of of you know who Kellen is. Um, but yeah, what, what, can I finish your point there? Yeah, I think like who else is there even? Like, I the- mean, I'm not even. This is probably the lowest hanging fruit, but I do I do genuinely believe this. I kind of don't hate the idea of keeping Gull Three and Fury. Um, do I think that it was incredible? No. Um, but <laughs> maybe this is recency bias speaking. But I didn't hate Bellasria's ball. I thought there was a lot of room to grow there. I thought Fury was mostly serviceable. I don't think the team as a whole was like fantastic. But like, if you were to re-sign them, I don't hate it. Right? It's not. It doesn't leap off the page. But is anything really going to when you have M and three and Zest, right? Like you're pretty much the rest of the lineups for this team are probably going to kind of live and die by how good those two DPS players are, right? If M and three and Zest aren't necessarily performing up to snuff, then the team probably as a whole isn't necessarily performing at all. Um, that said, yeah, I, I would like to see. I thought Kellen could have landed on either Soul team and done probably extremely well. Um, probably would have been a great like plus one, a right? great addition. Somebody there to play some of the main tanks. I thought his flex tanks last year were like above average for it, you know, playing on a team that was pretty hot garbage. Um, I, I guess to step outside of the realm of speculation, is this the season that MN3 kind of has to you know, put up or shut up when it comes to consistency? Because again, you brought up the big C word, right? Zest was the most consistent player for this team. Zest was the kind of hero in a lot of cases where MN3 had the probably one of the most, if not the most. Well, I, I think Profit might have have some some words, especially early last season. But MN3's Ash on New Queens, I don't even remember who it was against. I remember the hero though. Uh was kind of legendary. That was like one of the performances Agreed. that, you know, kind of assembles a career in front of you and, and really takes the world by by the shirt collar and and shakes you shakes you you know runs your pockets let's say right yeah however that player did not show up every game and there was a constant rotation with carpe and mn3 even though mn3 seemed to be pretty proficient on a lot of the roles is there questions regarding how good this player can be do we think mn3 can be that guy for the the soul infernal this season i think so um I think a big one is I hope he just like shaped up on <clears throat> my understanding was a lot of his troubles last year were that Sojourn is a is a hybrid between projectile and hitscan because the the left click is not a strict hitscan mechanic right and they they said like his tracking is an issue it's not really necessarily the tracking it's that aspect of the tracking right um, so they switched around between Carpe and um, and MN3 a bunch. 
I think like Engine 3 has some of the sickest point and click mechanics in the league and like I also don't expect Sojourn to be as heavily played this year as as she was uh, oh you don't think so? probably not um, maybe not as heavily played but I still think she's probably useful right? We'll see. It's it's all dependent on meta and uh, patches, right? But yeah, yeah. Once once we get on the harder hits, I'm I'm a little, I'm a little bit more concerned what what happens. Like, let's say we get a Genji meta, or let's yeah. say we have like anything that just consistently has him only play like tracer or. God forbids, like yep. any Sombra comps or anything like yeah, that. Uh, please, Jesus. I, I, then again, we don't know if there's a backup DPS here also, right? Like, that could also be the case. Yep. Um, like, a specialist there. So, maybe... But once again, it's a little early to talk about all of this. But I agree, this is... This has to be the year where, like... It's almost like... Is this Pine Syndrome? Not really. I think, like... M3 already has much more has done much more in this rookie season than Pine did. But you get the the drift, right? Like yeah, you, flashy, I, I, I high impact, but only in a couple of matches and then like not consistently and like like ideally you'd probably just want him to come in for specific maps and no, you you got to step up to be a starter this year. Of course it has a lot to do with the meta and if that serves you, but if you want to entrench yourself in the S tier meta, you now have to sh put up or shut up and uh, over a wide range of heroes and you got half a year to practice up and there are no excuses left to hide behind anymore, right? Yeah. No, uh, wholeheartedly. Um, as long... There's no excuses if soul are reasonable and for all intents and purposes i think rostin and co at the soul infernal are pretty pretty sizably you know they, get, they got some reasonality right to them they're definitely pretty they got their heads on straight let's put it that way um so i have to assume that you know coaches Jin and chara probably have a third dps lined up but it let, let's let's kind of look at the keys to success as cringy and as you know, sports broadcast, you know, halftime desk of me as that is. There are some keys here for this team, right? At least on on the surface. Zest can kind of be your hyperflex for the most part. And even saying that, I kind of want to take that back because I don't I don't know if he's a hyperflex. I think he's like, you know, hyperflex adjacent, let's say. Is very flexible, right? Zest did showcase a lot of flexibility last year. I think we need a little bit more, you know, evidence to kind of label him as such, but very flexible player will probably be the person you rotate around, right? Um, much like last year kind of happened. MN3, as much as maybe some of the, you know, I think, you know, people will kind of point to some of his contenders' performances and say, oh, yeah, the, there was a tracer there, here. I, I just don't see it, right? It really did not showcase well. Um, neither did Carpe, to be fair, and that was a big criticism uh, I levied against him for ages ago. Um, since 
probably 2020 Philly. Um, it just doesn't work. So you probably need somebody to play Tracer, somebody probably more closer to MN3 that probably there is some overlap there. Um, obviously, you can't just sign a Hyperflex. That's a little bit more you know, difficult. Um, but I think you do need a Tracer specialist or at least somebody who can play Tracer at like a solid world-class level when you're starting to look at like the sparks of the world where reports are coming out that, you know, even Shire, you know, connecting yeah. at the hip with a Gusha front line. Like, come on now. Like, that's yeah, that might good. even just win APAC. That's that's kind of a, Agreed, a yeah. nuts lineup. So how does an MN3 Zest get to the best ecosystem around them? You probably need a Tracer. If we look at the historical context for the Asian Pacific region, they are more dive leaning. So having somebody not too dissimilar to a Bellosria, probably a little bit more flexible. I'd want like a Winston main tank player because again, most of the time, you're probably most of the time, big, big bunny ears for the audio listeners, most of the time playing a lot of dive, playing a lot of flex tanks that are a little bit more mobile. APAC has never necessarily been big on playing Reinhardt. They'll just play doom into it they'll find ways around it they'll they'll opt for a different style it'll kind of ingrain itself within the scrim meta in contenders or in the top contenders teams and that'll kind of bleed up from there right um so yeah do soul have a winston player right these are questions maybe you need to ask yourself listening to this as you know the week progresses because again we're operating from the knowledge of the past where all they have right now is m and three assist so big things to look for tracer player winston player maybe even a second tank do they have somebody with a diva with a zarya you know somebody maybe with past experience could be useful for this team right i think the back line if anything i think dallas has kind of ruined me in regards to looking and like outweighing how good a back line needs to be um there are some some heavy hitters on the market i don't know what's up Oh no, I, I keep always wanting to go, where's Twilight going? But he's on Boston. Um, right. But w- within regards to Dallas and like how successful that backline was, that's no shade to Fielder, but like that team wasn't necessarily super driven by that, 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 you know, Chio and Fielder being like extreme playmakers and hyper aggressive and like doing all these nuts things. They kind of just did their jobs and that was plenty good, right? Good enough for the most part. Um, so I don't know that Soul needs like a crazy support duo or trio to kind of get it over the line. I think a lot of that like metaphorical fantasy budget probably is spent on that Tracer player to kind of round out the DPS trio. And it, again, if, you know, the esports winter is constricting in Soul, maybe it's just a Winston player. Maybe it's a Winston, maybe with some diva history. And I think the team is probably pretty competitive and kind of lives up to the expectations that you kind of outlined at the beginning, right? Yeah, no, for sure. So that is, you know, something that should be developing um, in the remainder of the week. Um, But as we kind of head to NA for a moment, uh, you did kind of have a kind of a groundbreaking experimental, maybe uh, interview with the the Toronto Defiant uh, talking to the entire team all at once, uh, which is probably difficult to navigate but i think you did it at least for the bits that i've listened to so far uh pretty reasonably um how did that kind of uh filter out for you if you haven't listened to it yet please go listen to it click the ads Iska, how'd you like it 
Uh, I mean, there's of course a lot of things I would improve in terms of the technical uh, standpoint and how to sure. like it, it's an unusual situation, especially because Majet was not there and um, yeah, right. It's like it's sort of like an unknown interview situation, and I'll try to get more of those. But okay, despite like self criticism, I I thought like what it was interesting for me to discover was that yeah, they're kind of aware that like synergy is like a thing that still needs to be worked on because keep in mind the last time they played together this was still a six man game uh keep in mind that this is um also like they grew as people under mm -hmm. different coaching staffs one of the interesting ones was OG saying that he feels the shock guys are currently ahead of the others in game understanding Sure. Uh, um, and that's something that's going to be interesting. Um, I agree that a couple of them not only just feel like they stayed below their potential, um, but actually also probably did, reasonably speaking. Um, and yeah, there's there's a lot of upside to this team. I think it's. Hopefully, like it's it's pretty important for the the health of the league that they do well. Just like you know, sure, this is sort of like you know, Team USA. Um, likely, likely to be, at least in large parts. I'm not sure if. I mean, if those trials are anything to go by, right. shout out to Vegas. That was a little rough. <laughs> yeah, but that being said, yeah, I I I feel like this is uh. It, it was pretty interesting to see um, how they interact with each other. It was interesting to see how much they believe in collusion. So, yeah, going forward, um, definitely a team I'll probably catch 100% of the matches from. Um, and potentially, absolutely a team that could, could be top five. Now, now you say, you know, you're going to try to catch all the matches. Is that out of a more big curiosity of how much shit-talking this team is capable of doing? Or is that, you know, based in some sort of genuine interest? That's my... I kind of... Maybe. Uh, maybe both? I, I feel like we we almost have put them into a situation where it's just like we dared them to be mature and they're living up to the task. And now we suck, sort of made our own bed and it sucks. Like. <laughs> Like I, um, I feel like they were all super reasonable, super calm. Like they had a couple of jokes. Um, yes, they all like. It's it's. I almost want them to be a little bit more unhinged, you know. Which unfortunately they're probably not going to be. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I think there's plenty of reason to assume that you know maybe the environment, maybe the the task at hand was a little bit, you know, unfamiliar to them. Whereas, you know, put them in a game environment, put them in front of a camera after a win. I think, sure. I think, you know, I think matured seems very, you know, applicable here. Yeah. I don't I think mean, anybody's doing anything, you know, out of hand, out of pocket, but you know, I, I think there's some juice in the tank for sure. I think it's also just fair to say, we're like, let's, let's first earn our rights to. Sure. Be cocky, That's more than right? fair. And then I, I, let's see if they're, like they're four and zero, like how how that yeah. stuff then fares, right? Um, see if see if Sam shows up in a suit, you know, just right. here so he doesn't get fined. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so yeah, I, I um, 
also like once again thank you for the toronto defined i think they still have a pretty sweet setup I, they, they, like it, they offered that to me uh i didn't even think overwatch league teams still had that option yeah and, right <laughs> and uh that's definitely something i'm going to pursue with a couple of other teams how mm -hmm. likely that is to be possible is different right sure yeah um but yeah like overall uh an interesting team um i have some eh, i don't want to tease too much uh we'll, we'll see but uh, okay let me tease this <laughs> there is a on friday if that happens yeah. and i wouldn't be too too uh like they, the the time zones are very like challenging to make it work, but there's a possibility that I'm going to interview Nohill, and I'm looking forward to that uh, as well. Ooh, definitely somebody who I selfishly have always wanted to talk to, even just X's and O's wise. Um, in, in both you know, in strategy and in the overall team assembly, let's say, um. I think that so far so good when it comes to Toronto, right? I think, you know, hearing that they approached you regarding the interview and it seems like they they're they're on a media tour it feels like. Mm -hmm. It feels like any anybody who's kind of a a creator in the space has touched base with the Toronto. I think uh Spilo's also talked to them. Um I think there are some, you know, content creators out there as well who have interviews with them. Good on them. Um and I think that not only is that good on them, that that should be like standard for well, standard. Um it should be a more of a practice for a lot of teams. I think that, you know, it does everybody right. some good. Um, but I think for this team in particular, I think it makes just the most sense, right? Like yeah. these are hyper marketable. That's no shade to their talent. I think th this is still a competitive team. You know, if you have any questions regarding that circle back to a couple shows ago where I tried to argue them against Atlanta, which right. I don't know this still too far off. We'll see though. Um, this is a really, really, you know, exciting team, explosive team. They're, it's going to be must-watch Overwatch. Um, I want to see these kids at LAN. They have, you know, prior synergy and a, a lot of things to prove. You know, you look at Speedily last year, kind of coming in half-baked, didn't get a ton of time on stage. Time that he did have, I don't think he necessarily lived up to expectations. A lot of weight there, playing against, or rather with, a lot of people he's played with before, right? Um, but when you talk about No Hill and, like, the actual in-game strategy that's where my eyebrows get peaked that's where i'm like okay when you look at what happened with the valiant you look at some of that information coming out where it's you know circa 2018 20 2008 rather um you know like i think you mentioned a couple couple shows ago like you know i felt like this was a, a in you know a, a team house tour with artosis where people are just sleeping on you know rocks and sticks and covering themselves up with blankets and playing starcraft for 18 hours a day right like this is it was not necessarily tenable it sounds like there's still ongoing talks within that organization in the overwatch league um and to be able to kind of find some success some modicum of success with that team kind of comes down to coaching right um and one thing that i was blown away by um that i i will still kind of credit no hill with um was their use of diva and their double flex support strategy where they kind of treated um dorado point a on defense as this kind of poke-esque map 
that kind of gave teams a lot of trouble. And I feel like that is specifically a tie to No Hill. Um, so my question to you in this long-winded context written abysmal paragraph ramble uh is that a fair summary do you think that this team could be a little bit deeper in terms of skill level than maybe people are going to accept at first glance because of no hill do you think that he can kind of come in and give them that that cheesy edge if you will I don't know about cheesy, but definitely the edge of APAC knowledge and playing it sure. differently, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think there's the that's something that Kasaurus highlighted is the, he enjoyed about No Hill that he has a different view of the macro and micro, or mm. specifically macro, um, and can challenge him and can bring new ideas. Uh, and. No will also just beat the evolving shit out of everyone in trials. Um, and yeah, I think it's not about cheese. It's like about a different side of fundamentals. Okay. It's sure. just, this is not like, you know, Krav Magar or whatever. This is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu here. Okay. That's, uh, that's the bread and butter of Overwatch. Um, if, if, um, shout outs to Avril, where the best Overwatch has been played over the last couple of seasons. Um, so I, I would say since the beginning, sure. Um, so yeah, I feel like, um, this it's an unorthodox pick, but one I really, really like. Um, yeah, and it's, I think it's also important to bring something fresh into, into a team of guys that have worked together before sure. and like to have. Uh, you know, some 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 avenues of improvement that were previously not accessible to the, the this bunch. Sure. And um, yeah, I I think I know when. Okay, this is where I I pull it back a little bit of the curtain. We had a um a crouch episode where like initially I wasn't as high on at. You know, we were like I was kind of like shake talking. Them yeah, yeah. mostly just because you pissed me off with overrating them <laughs> a little bit too much. Sure. But, but then I heard that Noel was picked up, and then I was like, there's a, a, a factor here that changed my outlook. The universe on this. speaks to me in many different ways, Jessica. And this, this was you know this most the, most. the pick, the, the pickup of Noel actually really changed the outlook of me for this team. Okay. Not that I didn't trust Kasaurus. But I, I thought this is now interesting just from a strategical point of view because like if you look at every team, you need more than one genius on the coaching staff, right? I think it's a uh, like I'd, I'd love to be mouse on the wall if it's already just rush. I think we we probably that's that's probably just a knowledge wall where people like eight and um, sure. The Graskell obviously probably should help uh, out there too. Um, I even interviewed him. I'm very sorry if I'm missing the the name of the uh, second. Oh God damn it! Hey, I mean, then, but, uh, but also of course Rascal in the past. Yeah. Um, this like too many cooks in the Overwatch kitchen is not three. Okay. Jong. That's the sorry. That's previous. Continue. Oh look. 
Um, so once again, like I, I'm, I'm, I love that how deep the coaching staff also is. I didn't know about weeds. I'll tell you that much. And that's sure. another pleasant surprise. And that those like weeds, they kind of like uh explain to be this culture guy like og i think the the quote i have in mind is like wheats is the most patient guy i think if you sustain or been around that group of players when like two years ago yeah i I think that's probably like a good barometer that that's a true statement um but yeah at the same time this is now i i feel like they they grew up a lot as they should, as a competition mm. makes you uh, mature and as age should. So, yeah, I'm really happy t- to see what that maturity brings to them and their process. I've, I've failed much more humility than I expected going into this um, interview. And mm. that also has me course correct. Like, uh, definitely, like, that. okay. This is this is a, certainly always a thing. Like the more familiar you are with the subject, the more prone you are to overrating them. And this has been a curse uh, for me for many seasons. But yeah, my my evaluation of this team went up by talking to them, um, just based on the factors of knowledge, even accounting for the familiarity bias. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, and probably used a better word. And, you know, the edge of cheese, let's say, I think No Hill does bring an air of unorthodox ideas, right? Um, and I think it does, it's not lost on me, especially with what you're saying and, you know, what the interview kind of gave us as well. I think it was OG that kind of commented on, you know, Wheats being that familiarity. Obviously, you know, it sounds like a lot of the players respect Josaurus, but having somebody that, you know, they've worked with before having that they are familiar with in weeds join the team i think is probably beneficial for them as well um so they're you know they have like a home base they can return to they have somebody that they can maybe even confide in right um i think that's super super helpful um when you are challenged from you know a head coach that is kind of stepping into the role as you know it's his first venture looks to be very successful to be fair um and I think just in general, this is just a success on all fronts for Defiant. And I think that like it's a breath of fresh air to see this from them, where not only are they being proactive in the offseason, they know what kind of talent they have. They know that, you know, a lot of these a lot of these players are good on the microphone. Um and and rate being agile in the offseason to kind of put them out there, get them ready for, you know, possibly an increase in content um from Defiant in the season, having bringing in somebody a little bit more on an orthodox and no hill that has been extremely successful in his own right to add a little bit of an edge to a team that, you know, if we're going to look at the track records, we're going to look at speed of zero pool. We're going to look at Sam's track record last year. We're going to look at high drawn, right? These are players that have some depth to them, right? There's, there's something here that you can, you can find, you can use to catch people off guard or maybe even kind of force a style that, you know, gives teams a lot of problems. It's, it is a recipe for success, right? And as much as it irritates you, I think, you know, barring any kind of tank additions to Atlanta, I think No Hill, like it did for you, probably only makes me more excited to see this team. Because I, I just personally, I do tend to kind of lean into the flexibility, having, you know, a little bit more, it's not anti-strat, but having some kind of unique strategy to you, I think does throw a lot of teams some some 
problems. It makes it, it really throws a wrench into things and it's difficult to course correct on the fly for a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of just mirroring that goes on in Overwatch. And I don't think you can just always mirror teams that are just hyper specific or hyper, you know, hyper stylized. You know, you look at Atlanta London last year and, you know, the GOATS comparisons in the past and it's not something you always want to do. So it's it's a big win. W is all around for Defiant, and I am super, super excited to see them play. Big one. Any final any final big ones there? Nope. Zero for the big ones. Now, when it comes to contenders, it has been rough in these streets for a hot little bit, but with the news of Pro-Am, and obviously um, in most more recent news, the they got a calendar, which I think is... Uh, kind of exciting i don't think that's that's like super normal for them i think like having a a roadmap for what the season is going to look like having some general dates i think that's kind of good signs no yeah i mean that's just helps uh consuming the product right like uh, everything that adds to clarity is is great um i also think it's kind of needed considering like how 100%. the importance of path to pro is now increase it's it's funny that we are definitely increasing the importance of path to pro but it still feels less important simply because the academy teams are gone and everything but sure. yeah no like this is this is all good stuff um the one thing it's i i i wonder i'm not criticizing necessarily i think like for instance, the preseason pro am overlapping with the spring series, kind of interesting. But then, then again, you you know you gotta have overlap with that amount of uh, offering that you have in in tier two. I don't think sure. you can necessarily uh, keep that from happening. I think the big one is to um, sort of. It's a, it's a little. It, it was important to avoid that collegiate spring series and pro am were happening at the same time. Um, mm. that, I think that's achieved. So yeah, I, I I don't hate it. Good on transparency. Um, and then honestly, also I'd love to see some international play between contest regions, but that's that's of course like making big asks at this point. I mean, yeah, it, that that one's tough. I think thus far, I would definitely echo the the sentiment. I think it is super, super exciting to see some semblance of normalcy kind of come back for the passive pro. I think you know, obviously, the game kind of needs it. Right, been a criticism for a long time. You know, the talent pipeline, yada yada. We've heard it here a number of times. So, getting some love, getting some you know early bricklaying for you know the future of the game is is definitely nice and i think you know talking to uh you know our producer eric even prior to the show the uh the idea that there is going to be some overwatch um happening all year long is is exciting hopefully there's some increase um maybe there's you know some 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 events tbd i hopefully that's not me leaking but that's me crossing my fingers that maybe something like a gauntlet comes back in maybe a smaller fashion than what it once was. Um, 
but there, I think there is just a room. There is this like really sweet spot in the, the you know, what looks to be like the 2023 off season going into the 2024 season where, you know, there is room for a big event, right? A big last chance to get a, you know, amateur showing to the, all the scouts in the league, right? It's that kind of traditional sports combine, you know, feel that I feel like a lot of the fans that come from, you know, T sports, you know, the meat sports heads kind of, you know, are a little bit more attracted to. Um, obviously it's not, you know, the most exciting thing ever, but maybe there's an increase in marketing when it comes to path to pro with the return of overwatch world cup. I don't know. Is that too much to ask for? I don't know. I I, am just hoping that there's a little bit more under the hood. This is, this is great signs early on, but, uh, yeah, I think there's still some some room to keep keep injecting tier two with some some big steroids. Get them nice and nice and thick. Get them strong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll I'll just let that sit awkwardly with the viewer. You can That's you fine. can take this with with your imagination wherever it may. Maybe you need to stop the wherever. episode at this point. Hey, hopefully you. not. I mean, I'd be, I'd be kind of honored if you got this far. That's, that's just true. Impressive to me that you've made it this far and haven't like skipped through the, uh, the old timestamps. Um, one thing that I did want to kind of bring up, um, something that we did kind of talk about prior to the show within regards to the gladiators, um, our producer, Eric, so kindly kind of put this in out into the ether. Um, you know, is there a question regarding, you know, the situation with the guard and, you know, the, the staff layoffs and, you know, the reported reevaluation of their position in esports? You know, uh, I think both Kevin Hitt and a few journalists that he want to say Jacob Wolf also tweeted out something that was also backing this up that, you know, the guard and Kronky KSE esports rather. Um, maybe the last season for the gorillas and the gladiators right if they they don't get a buyer this may be the last stand for them um so how does that necessarily lean on the players is this something that is going to maybe light a fire under them or is this kind of disenfranchising do you think mm, i think yeah i mean this probably initially shook them However, that turns out in terms of uh, motivation is probably very personal question to the players, how they cope with that. Sure. Um, I think that everyone at this point, that these players have a quality that they would have, like if they want to have employment next year, um, if if everything goes to play, they can, right? Uh, they, they are good enough to still at least be capable of you know playing for a team uh, in the lower ranks uh, even if everything goes wrong here so i don't think they they should be too scared or too concerned here um and yeah i i feel like yeah uh, i don't know i, I feel like the, once again the the whole guard situation like i don't want to necessarily comment or to talk about it i think everything everyone smart has said something uh, probably said too many things. Like everyone gets it, I think. Uh, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, a kind of tired of this uh, discourse at this point. Like we we know where we're at. 
we know that uh, we pumped this heavily for a long time sure. and yeah. now we yeah we've sort of uh seen the results of that and yeah we'll, we'll get through it eventually right no we we 100 will and i think this is kind of a question that the the general audience is kind of asking themselves right like if you know your contract isn't guaranteed like are you necessarily gonna live you know play up to expectations i think it's a safe assumption at least on my end that i will shoulder alone you don't have to put this on yiska I think that competitors just want to compete um, regardless of the situation and the internals of the team. I think at the end of the day, um, much like a lot of the discourse around the pro AM of like, Oh, how, how serious are all teams going to take this? Nobody wants to lose. Nobody wants to lose to contender teams or lose in general. Right. Um, this isn't a team that's necessarily uh, bad. Right. Even at the, the top of the show, as much criticism, I want to levy them. Um, this isn't a bad team. Like they're going to be competitive. They probably will reach into a playoffs and pull out some significant wins and maybe even upset some top teams, depending on what happens. Um, so no, I don't think that, you know, this is, this is something to even, you know, speculate about. I, I really don't, unless this is, unless this gets so bad that, you know, players logistically have a hard time competing. There's, there's no reason to assume that anything from the front office of the guard is going to like hinder them from competing at the, you know, at the top level where they, they should be competing. So, um, kind of wanted to get that out there because I, I can already hear people bemoaning future underperformances. It's like, Oh, KSE must not be paying him. You know, it's, like, eh, I don't think so. I guess I think that it, the reality is it's, it's probably a little bit more simple. It's either that they're, Living up to expectations, or they're not. I don't think there's much logistics here that you can kind of quote, unless players come out and say otherwise. So we will see. Anything else on the table that we want to tackle before we wrap up? I don't think I've necessarily anything uh, on the docket. I think, I think it, it this this year. I, let me say this: this year is very weird. I think a lot of stuff will be different. Um, okay. I think. In terms of seriousness, how people take it, I think a lot of people have said they are taking the tournament, uh, the the pro am serious. Um, will mm -hmm. say that the um, like that if it was that serious, they probably would have all started screaming way earlier and with way more blocks. So it's not like they are taking it over it Overwatch League serious. Sure, that also means that effectively we're now watching Scrimbucks play out live on camera sure which is great i think that's yeah. that's monetizing that pretty well especially also against the pressure of playing against t2 mm -hmm. um so i'm not sure if we are going to if i'm going to have a scrum box piece this year i'm looking Ooh, yeah. i'm look but i'm looking forward to doing like power rankings with teams maybe and reaching out for maybe another budget piece i think that's good information to have for an audience going into the season and setting expectations yep. there. Um, I think that... Okay. Um, wait, where was I? Uh, working memory. Midnight. Past midnight. Uh, level... Uh, Our rankings. Frame. Oh, yeah. Am. Like, we probably... Like, I don't know about in your mind what were we doing okay. were we going to do 
do power rankings before the proem or after when we have better knowledge? I mean the um the the asshole that just wants to be right would love to do it after. The content creator, you know, juice head in me wants to do it before to get, you know, more traction, I suppose. Um I don't particularly care either way. Mm-hmm. Um I think it probably would be best after just to get like a better look. Um to, you know, provide it almost seems too easy, you know? Yeah, it is but too then easy, again, but it, it has always been easy because once again, I got the scrim books, right? <laughs> it might be easy for you if if you're just basing it off of information that, you know, coaches and whoever, you know, provides you, but um yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's uh we'll leave it up in the air. Maybe we will. Maybe you can leave in the comments below if, you know, not to necessarily bait engagement, but you know, that is something that would be kind of a helpful piece of feedback. Would you rather, you know, our yearly power rankings come out prior or post? I have to assume it's probably going to be a little weighted to prior sooner rather than later. Um, but definitely let us know if that's something you want. And, you know, I who knows with in regards to like the patch schedule, maybe there's going to be a patch for like the first stage or the first split stage, whatever you want to call it these days, because there's only two of them. Um, you know, maybe that changes. Maybe, you know, the pro AM won't be super reflective. Who's to say there's, there's still some things left up in the air um, with in regards to like, you know, scrims, obviously there, you know, there's some, there's some scrims out there apparently that you can, that you can view. I uh, will probably per- Probably will be partaking in that as well. Uh, getting some, get, getting a little itchy for some Overwatch. Um, and within regards to that, obviously Boston and Florida may have something cooking up. I know they've been tweeting back and forth. I don't know if there's anything there, but I think that would also be a potential avenue for content. Some early, you know, exhibitions in, showcasing the team, letting people get excited. Ahead of the pro AM, which feels like another, you know, excitement catalyst in some some ways. So a lot of content to hopefully potentially see. Um and I think that's pretty much it for us today or this week rather. Um anything else? Anything you you know you've been up to? Uh no. I I mean I've been doing a bit of gaming here and there but i feel like we're now i i'll rush out more interviews i can tell you the nohill interview isn't just uh the the only one i have that day i'm finally sitting down with that one player that had mm. near clairvoyant balance insides and also honestly some pretty sweet or in my opinion pretty good takes on the season format discussion I am okay. cooking up a feedback article based on season format that's hopefully coming out the same day you're watching this. So maybe refresh your feed. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's I collected a bunch of feedback from all kinds of um, scene insiders um, in order to get an idea what they think about the season format. Some very interesting takes, some very mm-hmm. critical takes. Uh, I will say... I came in not liking it as much, but now I have seen the light based on the expect, uh, explanations. And that said, 
I I do think from an Overwatch League perspective, one can be highly critical of the direction uh, that season formats have taken, both from a competitive integrity, a fan, a player, and an ownership perspe perspective. As a fan yeah. of Overwatch esports overall, I think that's um, the the offering there is interesting. I'll make the argument, or let others make the argument. Um, hopefully, either tomorrow, probably tomorrow, um, tomorrow my time, today your time, um, whenever you're watching this, whatever. And yeah, I'm I'm excited for that one. Uh, and yeah, and once again, the 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 interviews with No Hill and. A big brain player, probably more a next week thing. All right, definitely. Not too many interview sources out there these days. So if you're, you know, fiending for some Overwatch content, definitely stay tuned to Iskis Twitter feed and the GG Recon YouTube and or Twitter Avenue channels, whatever you want to call them. Um, I think for me, at least, there is still a looming project that I need to finish, among other things that I need to do. Um, and there is kind of this 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 nagging itch um, to, to kind of demystify some things in esports that kind of uh, is the project a mic stand, says Eric. No, uh, currently I'm speaking to you from a mic in a box. Um, I bought a new mic. Obviously, you can probably tell. Uh, I didn't have a stand that was compatible with said mic, so I, with the assistance of our lovely producer, Eric, uh, found a way to not have to hold it for 90 minutes. So, uh, no, that is not the project. Uh, the project is kind of a, a, a crystalline long-form piece around a very, very famous uh, series in uh, Overwatch. If you, if you know me, you probably know what it is. Um, but no, there is there is this piece that I want to write that kind of like demystifies esports in general because I, I as somebody who I think maybe even still does this, um, kind of overemphasizes you know who not who the players are but like assumes a lot regarding strategy and logistics and I just don't think it's that simple or I don't think it's that big right it's not that crazy um it most oftentimes isn't crazy let's put it that way um and there was this this very interesting clip that i had shoved in my face um thanks to the the, the algorithm at play that uh that I, f I feel like exemplifies it so maybe it'll be a short form piece uh maybe it'll be a medium who knows maybe i'll sell it to somebody <laughs> we'll see um or maybe i won't do it at all who knows uh but yeah that's pretty much on the docket for me um any last final thoughts? Anything we're excited about next week? Um, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to some. It's not happening next week, but sheesh, I, like I'm I gotta get some pro Overwatch in me, dude. Like I know, it's been a while. Like um, I I, I always feel like. Whatever problems you have with the guideline, like you're also starting to cannibalize yourselves. Everyone's sort of like bored and fidgeting around, <laughs> fires a couple of people because, you know, you, you got to do something. And But at the end of the day, like everything feels good in the moments that esports happens. So I'm looking forward to yeah. that. Ditto. I, I've been chewing on some of the, uh, some of Spilo's content. 
consuming a little bit of the uh, the Vegas trials. That was very insightful, very interesting. Definitely colors that team, at least in my eyes. Moving forward, some some room for improvement. TLDR. Uh, very excited to maybe even dive into his content, which I believe features Funny Astro to kind of help him a little bit because I don't think he gets some of the credit he deserves. Um, producing some of the best, you know, analytical content I think out there. Period. Um. I think his review of some of those leaked scrims that I think Dante and Kaluj both uh, participated in um, is going to be next on the docket in that regard. And then obviously Pro-Am should, if all things, you know, line up, should be happening sometime soon, no? When does it start, Eric? March 23rd. March 23rd. Okay, so we got some End time. of the month. We got some time. Yeah. We got time, but, you know, we got to figure out who's playing in it, right? You know so what? That's whenever. Why, I don't know why I thought it was the sixteenth. Oh, maybe we can juice a little bit. Oh, that's that's. Ooh, now ooh. I, I got. They give me a one more week of cooking, even though I should definitely have known this. And, <laughs> okay, March thirteenth uh, is the five. He's cooking roster, live. Uh, man, man. Yeah, there no. is a there is a team out there that specifically is in NA that's new to NA that uh, has no ties to anybody. Valley Valiant is uh, kind of under the button. No? Yeah, they kind of need to. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that just haven't announced shit yet. Like, we don't know yeah. what the Justice officially looks like. We don't know what the NYXL look like. Uh, London needs to report to, like, 80% of APAC hasn't said shit. Like, <laughs> I feel like the news got to be coming in. Uh very soon. I think this is also uh-huh. like Overwatch League don't leak those signings on your website challenge impossible. Let's impossible. Hope. Yeah. Um if the jersey's leaked, what a you know blunder. That... What an absolute oh it seems like there's always one every year, right? There's always somebody who just gets leaked on the website first before anybody even, you know, hears about it. So I wouldn't be surprised if that starts happening even faster. And so, like you, you'd think like the the sluggishness of big companies would make it like less likely for this stuff to happen. But of course, like because you have so many much more, you have so many more notes of communication where shit can go yep. wrong. It's bound to happen. Yep. But uh, the more important it is to have people working on the product that kind of vibe with that, right? Um, so yeah. Kind of an important thing to get right, you know. If the left hand was ever going to talk to the right hand, it better be to uh, schedule things at the proper times. That's that's if anything in esports is is holy. It's scheduling. I I, I uh, wonder. I, I'd love to just see how much esports dollar just evaporated with that simple. If if that dude just like lost his salary that day by putting that up online, it might have been. In, in terms of. Like, I, uh, not not saying he should, but like I'm saying, like the evaporation of esports dollars that happened there, in terms of yeah. the engagement that orcs are likely to get from that, is uh, is maybe very significant. We'll, we'll see. It, 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 there's probably quite a few C level executives that are probably pretty unhappy with you in particular, person who may or may not have leaked the jerseys and or roster moves in the in the past and or present and or future. Um. So yeah, it's definitely something that feels like overwatch has a has a pretty piss poor track record but uh that being said 
itching for some Overwatch. It's coming. Next week, if everything pans out, hopefully we will be kind of closely examining um, the Soul Infernal. Um, maybe the entire roster. We'll have to wait and see what uh, what they got cooking over there. Mm-hmm. With who? That remains to be seen, but it seems like that's uh, at least the future news cycle. So if that excites you, if you want to support the show, can't do so monetarily, you could always download the podcast. It helps us get discovered, discoverable, however you want to say that. It puts us in the algorithm, helps us a lot. Like and subscribe, all that garbage that the YouTubers and the influencers say these days. Um, and yeah, any any final thoughts for you, Scott? Live long and prosper. for the week? Live long. Okay, how are you going to do that to the Star Wars nerds after you put me as Darth Joe? That's the point. Oh, you are brave. That's 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 you're dirty. You play rough. <laughs> Anyways, before before he does any kind of other nerd faux pas, that's episode two eighty five. We will see you guys next week. Adios. Beast.